Blog Talk Radio. This is Byron Saxton from WWE, and you are listening to FXE Live. the power you are listening i am the fantasy jester welcome to tonight fxe live thank you so much for joining us absolutely gorgeous gorgeous night here in d-land florida it is currently 77 degrees absolutely beautiful i hope i can only hope it is as beautiful wherever you are tuning in from tonight thank you so much for listening to us we are brought to you by FantasyJusticeSports.com, and with the help of beautiful Blog Talk Radio, Crystal Clear clear Sound, they do a great job for us, absolutely love them. Tonight, folks, we're going to have the usual suspects. You know, if you know by now, if you don't know, FXE Live is myself. We're going to bring in my partner. He's everywhere I go on every podcast I do, JT, Jason Townsend. And as always, FXE Live, where would it be without our resident psycho? I mean, uh, well, yeah, a little psycho. He's, a little, he's over in the green room. I can talk all the crap I want, really. He's uh, getting his coronas all set. As you all know him already, Joey Cage will be on the show. And uh, tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit about Raw. We're going to be talking about SmackDown. And, of course, I mean, this weekend... In Brooklyn, New York, SummerSlam. Absolutely great slate, great show planned. Looking forward to getting things started. And I'm not even going to hesitate. I'm going to go ahead, bring in my partner in everything that we do here at FantasyJesterSports.com and on our podcast, Jason Townsend. How are you tonight, sir? Jester, I'm looking forward to a uh, big SummerSlam coming up this weekend. Uh, doing good, doing good. Football's almost here. Wrestling's in full swing. Uh, baseball playoffs. I mean, this is a Christmas time for the sports fan. Yeah, and we've been having a ball. I mean, it's made us a little bit more busier than uh, normal, but it is absolutely fun, fun, fun time getting ready. We've, Like you said, we've got baseball playoffs going on, and for those of you, I'm just real quick going to throw this out there. If, you, if you're also a baseball fan besides a wrestling fan, you're really not going to want to miss this week's uh, Fantasy Justice show on Saturday night, 8 p.m. as Jim Rosenhaus from the Cleveland Indians yeah. uh, radio team joins us. And another great – I mean, he's been on with us before, JT, but another, uh, I, dare I say, home run hit, a great interview. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny just listening to that guy talk. It just – I don't know. It just feels right listening to listening to him talk baseball. You know, there's just something about it that gets me pumped up. So, doing good, Jester. I'm nothing to complain about. We got a full slate of wrestling tonight. Full slate of wrestling, and yeah, it'll be interesting. Jim's uh, interview was great. Folks, tune in. Find out where he places us on the Cleveland mm. Indians MVP list. That was. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. Also, Gridiron guys get to hear tomorrow night. Join us if you're a football fan. Join us for good old football on the Gridiron guys as I'm making my way around the camps here in Florida. Find out what happened. What did I see at the Miami Dolphins camp? Something very distinct uh, came to mind and as I was watching the team. And I'm going to be sharing that tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Don't forget to miss that. But tonight, just like you were saying, we have a full slate of wrestling. And I want to go ahead and bring in now, folks, he's making his way to, uh, to the microphone here. Our coverage on FantasyJusticeSports.com, uh, I can't say anything, but our coverage is more than set. We have fantastic, fantastic coverage being done right now of our wrestling, all of the WWE coverage right now is being handled by Joey Cage. And when I tell you an absolute phenomenal job, can't tell you 
I, I really can't express it enough. Go ahead, check out his articles. But here he is now, former MMA guy, getting into the Florida wrestling scene. Joey Cage, how are you tonight? Doing great, Jester. Glad to be in the studio. Glad to be here. You know, um, I was speaking with my agent earlier today. And, you know, there are a lot of good things coming up uh, for Joey Cage in the the future, some things that I might get to share on the show. Uh, And I'm looking forward to that. You know, I I love doing my articles for FantasyJesterSports.com. You know, I absolutely love pro wrestling. Uh, There's no way around that. It's something I've grown up loving uh, ever since I was six years old. And I think that there's nothing, you know, more exciting than this, this show that's coming this summer. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, you know, this Sunday uh, for SummerSlam. And I think that we got a great show. I can't wait to discuss it with you and JT. Yeah, I'm glad that, uh, fortunately, JT, it seems like there wasn't a holdup at the liquor store. He's here on time today. No, that or he left earlier, so, you know. Which was it? Or you already had them. Did you even have to stop at the liquor store? Did you bring your own from home? What did you do tonight, Joe? Well, I did, in fact, have to plan accordingly and uh, leave a little bit earlier, make sure that I got everything out of the way. Um, I had a really long uh, phone call, uh, again, with my agent regarding uh, some news in my future in pro wrestling. Uh, so that, that took up some time. And before I knew it, it was time to come to the, you know, the, to the studio. So I had to leave a little bit earlier and, uh, you know, I always I credit you, JT, uh, with what you had said that show. It always sticks in my head. You know what? I need to plan accordingly so that this doesn't happen again. And uh, we, we defeat long lines with proper planning. <laughs> Absolutely. Plan ahead. You know, hey, you, you get what you want in the end. You got some cold Coronas. We're here to talk wrestling. It's going to be a good night. JT, you know, real quick, I want to get – we're going to start out with Raw and – what was what? What's one of the first uh, and lasting impressions you came away with uh, regarding the Raw show before we talk about some of the matches? Uh, was there anything in particular that jumped out at you that you liked or you didn't like? Um. Well, I'll say what I didn't like because I may not be like you now. I may not be too popular when I say it, but you know, one thing I also saw that I don't quite understand is. You got a decorated tag team like the Dudley Boys. You've got a decorated champion like Chris Jericho over the past. It just seems like the older guys now are becoming so irrelevant. You know, I mean, the way the New Day, uh, you know, dispatched of the Dudley Boys. It just, I don't like how they're making these guys jobbers. So, you know, that's something I seem to see every single week that these decorated teams are basically being, I mean, that was a, a quick match, you know, so just, you know, that's just something I see. Uh, and, and I'll save the uh, other piece for a little later on when we get to it. All right. All right. Uh, how about you, Joey? What, what jumped off the uh, mat, if you will, uh, from the <laughs> raw on Monday? Well, I would have to say that, you know, it's funny with what JC said. I remember watching that New Day Dudley Boys match thinking to myself, like, they just beat, you know, uh, one of the most decorated, one of the best tag teams in WWE history. And that I remember thinking to myself, if only, you know, us Attitude Era fans, you know, if back in the Attitude Era had a team like the Dudley Boys actually lost to a team that looked like the New Day, I mean, we would have went ballistic, but the big thing that really stood out to me on the show was that it seemed to feature the United States Championship feud uh, with Roman Reigns and Rusev Mm. a little bit more, and it went on last over, you know, the program with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor for the WWE Universal title. Now, that's something, in my opinion, that's a major mistake, because as they're trying to present this WWE Universal Championship, Uh, for the WWE universe, you know, they, you know, it it would have been, you know, much more smarter to further develop that feud to make, you know, it was great to see uh, the Demon King, you know, in the ring with Seth Rollins and that segment was great, but I just felt like WWE gave a little bit more attention to the mid-card feud, you know, whereas they should have been building up their new title and the importance of winning that WWE Universal Championship. You know, a couple of things, and that's interesting what you had to say about um, the placing of the matches. And, you know, a couple of things I really don't understand, and and that was one of them. I'm going to touch on that real quick because I do agree with you. 
it kind of devalues the belt if you're not making it the main event. I don't understand. How is that the match that goes under, you know, the title match between Rusev and Reigns for the U.S. championship? You know, so you devalue the belt that way. And then my thing is this, is, and I really don't understand. They've held out for the Demon King. You know, they've, they've had just Finn Balor coming out, just coming out, just coming out. And I, I questioned that to begin with. I thought if you're going to bring out Finn Balor, bring him out as the demon right away. And if you don't, well, the first time you should see the demon would have been SummerSlam. I mean, just think, this whole time you got Finn Balor, Finn Balor, Finn Balor, but he breaks it out at SummerSlam. No, you break it out at the Raw before. I, I just think it's mistimed, me personally. You know, SummerSlam is an event. So that's when you break out. The Demon King is at the event. Not the week before. What the hell is that? I, I right. don't understand that. No. And I don't understand you, uh, this. Go ahead. You know, one thing I will like to say about that segment, you know, with uh, Rollins and uh, Finn Balor, Kudos to Seth Rollins and Michael Cole for their uh, recovery as the moron from the crowd jumped up into the ring. Uh, yep. Cole with a nice cover as, uh, you know, Seth is watching this take place, say, you know, Rollins is in a trance. You know, is this a good sell by Michael Cole? Because honestly, until I read about it, I had no idea somebody got in the ring. So, yeah. uh, you know, kudos to those guys for playing that off quite well. Being able to play, yeah. Uh, that's the Mike guy just playing on the uh, uh, on what's going on as he's got it, you know, doing the best he can with the mess that's being handled. Um, but yeah, no, that was a fantastic job. The question I have, though, and maybe you know Joey or or UJT somebody, I'll, I'll ask Joey first. Um, I don't understand why is Gallows and Anderson uh, wrestling the Golden Truth. Why didn't Why didn't you just call in a regular pair of jobbers for that then? If you If that's what you're going to do, it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, you might as well at this point. They're going with jobbers for you know a good majority of talent in different areas, whether it's uh, Nia Jax or Strowman. But I mean, you might as well have. The thing that WWE has really gotten away from is making Monday Night Raw, and I mean they do it from time to time, but it's making Monday Night Raw you know unpredictable. Obviously, the you know the Gallows and Anderson—they're not going to lose to the Golden Truth. So you know you got to make that a little bit better. Either change the opponents or make it a better you know kind of match and story. Because I mean I felt and honestly I felt this way for both shows that the Go Home episode before SummerSlam for both shows was relatively weak. Um, you know, and again specifically for the reason too of you know the main title versus the mid card title. They did it on both shows. Uh, if I recall. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I want to ask cool. you, JT, that Gallows and Anderson versus Golden Truth, and Joey started to allude to that, you know, couldn't they have at least dressed that up as some kind of, you know, hardcore match, so anything, so, something to, to dress you, it you up know, you and be given- what it is. Exactly, like you're saying, Jesse. You could have dressed that up. You could have added a little more to that. But if you look at the New Day Dudleys and the Gallows Anderson and the Golden Truth matches, they really mirror each other in a lot of ways. You know, you've got Gold Dust, you know, R-Truth, K-Quick, whatever you want to call him, guys from the Attitude Area that are tagging now that basically, again, you know, squash. And then you have the Dudley boys, New Day. It just seems like they're trying to do this. Uh, new era versus the old school guys and really hammer it home. That's what I take from it. Yep, I agree. And now, as as we go on in this, you said, you know, Nia Jax is going against the jobber again, and she did what she was supposed to. But I want to ask you something. Is anybody else, am I really the only one getting the vibe that they're, they're going to eventually split up Enzo and Cass here? Am I, am I alone I'm not this, feeling JT? That. You're not. Yeah, I'm You're not, not feeling that. I'm not feeling that at all. I, I think that would be a colossal mistake uh, for them to do that with the momentum these guys have. Uh, and at this point, I think uh, I think we're going to see it. I mean, Survivor Series, maybe even the Rumble before you really start to see something like that. Okay. All right. Uh, what about you, Joey? 
you see that at all where that could they're trying to work that in a little bit where they're trying to form that wedge between them or am I just an idiot? And that could be. It would be the first time. I don't know. Um, <laughs> perhaps that's true, but what I would say is that I don't think Enzo and Cass are being split up anytime soon. I think they both, you know, need some more time in the ring. I feel like I have deja vu saying this, uh, but they, they definitely, you know, Enzo needs more work. Cass, you know, Enzo needs more work in the ring. Cass, probably both, but they're, you know, they're staying together for some time, I would imagine. Uh, as we go on, and just before we go to commercial here, what do you think about uh, JT looking at Jinder Mahal versus Neville? You, you like you like what they're doing here by having them back and bringing them in, but my question is, is you know, where do you think they're going with these guys? Well, to, to me, it still looks like Neville's going to be that mid-card guy uh, or until the cruiserweight division. Maybe you see something, you know, a development there. But at this point, he looks like a guy that will be on that U.S. title, um, if he was on SmackDown, IC title type of guy. And like I said, when we first talked about Jinder Mahal being back on Raw, it looks like he's basically going to be a mid-card heel. Um, you know, good match, uh, both talented guys. Neville far superior, though, if you look at the athletic ability. To me, it just seems like the rest of the show, what they're doing. Uh, you know, mismatch bookings, if you will. Yeah, and uh, to continue that, uh, Joey, you know, you talked about the Alicia Fox and uh, Charlotte match. Again, it just seems like this is the trend of what's going on. And I don't know, is this making – is this starting to turn people off where you're seeing matches that, you know, it's just a complete mismatch. You know what's going to happen. There's really, like, almost no drama in a bunch of these matches. Yeah, uh, you know, it's something that I, I've noticed a lot, you know, lately. And WWE, like I said, has really just gotten away from that. They are having people that are on the pay-per-view card wrestle just for wrestling's sake against anyone that everyone knows, you know, isn't going to win, you know, and I think that there were so many elements to the Attitude Era's Monday Night Raw that really was, you know, different than today's product, and I think one of them was more so the unpredictability, uh, you know, of it all, where titles could change hands, you don't know what's happening from one minute to the next, and just the overall excitement of the program, you know, was so much different, and WWE is trying to get onto something with this new era, but in order to do so, you cannot have your, you know, your shows cannot be that bland. Your go-home show to your second biggest pay-per-view of the year cannot be that flat and have that kind of, you know, I mean, again, you're putting Charlotte in the ring against someone she's not going to lose to before her match at SummerSlam. So instead of doing that, why not an angle or a video? You know, you, you, you go back to the um, Stone Cold feud with Booker T., when they fought in the grocery store, you know, you go back to so many things that they did more back in the day that they just don't do anymore. And they just have these people, they, they have these superstars wrestling for wrestling sake. And, you know, that's the product that you're getting today. Basically confirming what JT has been calling it, uh, WW uncreative. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's you know, crazy. It's I agree with you, JT. It, it, yeah. Something to throw out there kind of to go with what you're saying, Joey is, it's almost like watching a Die Hard movie. You know, at some point, Bruce Willis is going to be covered in blood, say yippee ki something, and he's going to win. That's just what the matches are like now. It's like, you know this person's going to win. You, you know it's going to happen. So there's no edginess. There's no uh, suspense to it. And, you know, I wanted to throw while we're on Raw that one last thing out there. This was my first time seeing the demon entrance. Now, here's where oh, wow. I'm going to play. Here's where I'm going to play Jester. Okay. I'm sorry. All I saw was the boogeyman. All yeah. I saw was a ripoff of the boogeyman's entrance without you know the worms in the mouth. Yeah. You know what's crazy is if you haven't watched NXT or anywhere Finn Balor's been, you know, when it was Prince DeWitt or, you know, anything like that. I mean, if you haven't seen him before, that's exactly what you thought. I mean, 100%. So that's that's yeah. the take take I got from it. I was like, "Where's the boogeyman? Where's the clock? Where's the worms?" Uh, the music had a similar feel, 
you had the smoke, the red light, the crawling out, you know, so that's just the take I got from it. I just saw the You almost up. expect the boogeyman to, like, be his tag team partner. Like, they look like they would right. go together. <laughs> yeah, very, very interesting observation there, JT, and right on the mark. Yeah. One of the things that we uh, definitely observe is our great sponsors. Hi, folks. It's Barbara here for Deep Obsession Charters. Whether you live in the beautiful West Palm Beach area or you're planning on visiting the Sunshine State and you love to dive, you have to contact South Florida's premier dive operators, Deep Obsession Dive Charters, out of the West Palm Beach area. They are a full-service dive operation. They've got everything from equipment sales and rentals, and they're also a PADI certified dive center, and they offer certifications from beginning all the way to pro. Deep Obsession offers wreck dives, reef dives, night dives, and dives to the beautiful Blue Heron Bridge, which was voted one of the world's best macro dive sites. But their best adventure, I believe, is their baited shark dives. Here you will be educated on the importance of conservation of these beautiful endangered creatures while being up close and personal with them. It's truly an unforgettable experience, I tell you. For the best customer service in the industry, with fun and safety as a priority, you can book your next dive adventure at deepobsessioncharters.com or you can call them at 561-707-2045. You can also find Deep Obsession Charters on Facebook and Twitter, or you can check out their videos on YouTube. Remember, for the best dive experience in South Florida, it's Deep Obsession Dive Charters. Dive, dive, dive. Yep, the good people over there at Deep Obsession, absolutely fantastic. I want to say thank you uh, definitely today to the folks at Deep Obsession. And um, You know, I heard that uh, the owner of Deep Obsession, or uh, one of them, if, if I recall, Ryan Walton, a uh, good guy, by the way, very good dude. Uh, but I heard he's a he's a big fan of pro wrestling. Yeah, he is a big fan of pro wrestling, and also is uh, he he knows that I'm looking to go ahead and get this uh, FXE off the ground, and has come to me wanting to know if uh, he could get in the ring. So we're tossing that whole thing around too. You know, he's there. He's he's becoming known if. If you're down in the West Palm area or visiting West Palm area, he's already known as the Shark Whisperer down there. And now we'll see if uh, the Shark Whisperer comes into the uh, squared circle. It'll be quite interesting. Yes, he's a wrestling fan, but it's another thing to actually step into that squared circle. And, and we'll find out if he does. But, you know, getting back to what I was about to say, and then we'll go to SmackDown and talk about that, is that, Mrs. Jester was out with the Deep Obsession gang yesterday, and once again, absolutely amazing time. She had an amazing dive. Folks, she was able to go ahead, besides the interesting fish, the wrecks uh, that she was able to see, playing with a a huge uh, sea turtle, and also was able to see a couple of sharks yesterday. She's got a picture of herself with a couple of sharks, and... um, Absolutely just an amazing adventure. Deep Obsession Charters, folks. West Palm Beach. Definitely want to go see them. JT, you know, just before the break, you went ahead and and, and brought a great point out. And, you know, you never cease to amaze me. As I sit here and, you know, you're pretty much, when I first wanted to bring in my co-host, I I, I really wanted you because I know you're the encyclopedia of sports and uh, a, a phenomenal, phenomenal fantasy player. But... You know, um, you never cease to amaze me now as you break down uh, the wrestling and and, and do your wrestling coverage. Some great, great stuff out of you, that first part. Let's see if you can keep it up for this uh, SmackDown report now. Yeah, no, fantastic job, JT. Um, Folks, we're going to go ahead. We're going to start talking about SmackDown, and then we're going to get into SummerSlam. Maybe if we have time, we'll talk a little FXE and uh, what's coming up for those guys. Uh, which is myself and uh, our promotion. Yeah, it's a uh, JT. I am, I am going to raise the roof on the building that we're, Oh my Lord. You should only see. As There's only a reason. You can. Thanks man. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. And that's, what's taking, I'd rather have it take a little longer to get everything off the ground and have it be exactly how I want it. 
because I really do want to blow people out of their seats. And I promise you, folks, join us for the first FXE event. And I promise you, you'll be there every month. Anyway, back to SmackDown and uh, getting ready towards the talk about SummerSlam. You know, one of the things I noticed, they started out the show with a lot of talk, and uh, then they finally got into it. But uh, the first one I want to talk about is, you know, what are they doing? What is, what is really Heath Slater's role, JT? Mm. Uh, you know, it, it's almost like he reminds me of what we saw from Santino Morella a few years ago. You know, basically the guy that would take a beating um, – you know, a little bit of comedy in there. You know, they got me on Raw. I mean, they actually had Brock Lesnar speaking in this segment with him, you know. Uh, and then you see some of the suplexes that that poor guy took. Uh, he's got a role. It just seems like he's basically a punching bag. He is the punching bag of WWE at this point, And uh, he plays it well. Earning his stripes, you think, uh, Joey? Is that what it is? Well, I think that in some respects he sort of did – or has earned his stripes a little bit with 3MB back in the day. Like, I mean, that wasn't obviously a serious group or anything like that, but I'd say in to some respects he is earning earning his stripes uh, only for the simple fact that, you know, they they have so many programs that they're not sure of what's going on, you know, and why we're going in that direction. For example, as I mentioned in my article on FantasyJesterSports.com, you know, Sami Zayn, isn't on the card for SummerSlam, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, Cesaro is going to be in a pretty long feud with Sheamus, which, I mean, only really wastes Cesaro, you know, terribly. Um, But so many, you know, there's a bunch of different things across WWE where they don't know really what to do with somebody. And I think Heath Slater is an interesting choice for this role. Maybe they are trying to build him towards something, you know, further down the road. But um, he, I agree with JT. He is doing very well in that role, though. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where once they're done bouncing him around and everything, where he where he lands. And uh, no, it, it's going to be. I, I can't wait to see that. One of the things, you know, I, before I get into this whole John Cena versus Alberto Del Rio match. Um, just real quick, we see today, folks, if you, if you don't already know, both Alberto Del Rio suspended 30 days uh, for the wellness program and Paige is suspended 30 days for the wellness program. And, you know, off off the top of my head, I mean, it just smells like, you know, it's funny. They announced, uh, they announced Del Rio early uh, earlier in the day and then, Hours, several hours later, all of a sudden, they're announcing Paige. And, uh, you know, what was it? Two lovers decided to tattletale on each other. JT, is that, is that what you're thinking went well, on? Well, yeah, I mean, it looks like they, they do everything as a couple, apparently. Um, yeah, you know, basically, I think one, uh, like you said, you know, in a conversation we had earlier today, you know, maybe somebody, uh, you know, let the cat out of the bag on one. So they turned tail and said, okay. Uh, you know, I'll do the same. And Paige has been rumored to have some sort of a neck injury, as it is, uh, you know, that they could be career-threatening, at least from what I've read. So, you know, who's to say this really affects uh, – I don't think this affects her in any way. She's lost so much momentum over the last year, year and a half as it is. Uh, and Del Rio, it's a shame. you got a guy that I think still could be a uh, main title contender – the guy's phenomenally talented. He's good on the mic. He draws good heat. Just can't seem to stay uh, in the McMahon's good graces. And, and maybe because it's a, his chance for stupid crap, like getting hooked up with a girl that's that much younger. And apparently there's uh, she has her own little issues because she seems to be a handful. But, you know, Joey Cage, what do you think about Del Rio? You think uh, he's going to recover from all this or – now, is this pretty much going to doom him to be a middle, middle card guy for the rest of his career now? Well, I think that, you know, even without this incident, um, Del Rio was on the exact same sort of path that they've put Sheamus on as the heel uh, almost jobber uh, from the old era. 
in some respects. You know, the Sheamus, um, you know, that League of Nations thing that they had to do. I mean, he's he's been on this road way before this happened. I think with this happening, though, you know, he's he's almost doomed to absolutely keep that as his career path. Uh, I do agree with JT. He was very good, in my opinion. He was great during uh, the summer of Punk with CM Punk and, you know, that feud there and with John mm-hmm. Cena. And a lot of them, he had great matches with John Cena. I mean, you know, absolutely great matches. And I think that, you know, unfortunately, we're not, we're, we're not going to see that again. And I think that's a pretty safe assumption that he won't be in any main event or main title feud uh, at all, like ever again. So. How did you like, let me ask you something, Joey. Uh, how did you like, moving on now to uh, Ambrose's match with Rowan, how did you like that matchup? What did you think of that? You know, I really did like it. I think that it was great to see WWE, um, you know, showcase Rowan a little bit. Now, some might say to me, but Joey, you literally just said before about, you know, a match being too predictable. And, of course, Dean Ambrose isn't going to lose to Eric Rowan. That is true. But what works in their particular favor is the fact that Eric Rowan is, first off, physically intimidating and bigger than Ambrose, and is also somebody who WWE uh, backstage, from what I've heard, you know, are very interested in um, as a singles competitor. This is what I've heard now, um, which also was confirmed in a way, potentially, uh, by Bray walking out on him after the match, um, because WWE really likes Uh, Rowan's size and athleticism now if you've seen you know not just that match but him throughout his career him and Luke Harper in a way uh, but they're both very athletic for the for guys their size I mean some of his kicks uh, you know a lot of his moves very good for a a guy his size and Vince McMahon you know to some respects won't let go of the size thing he wants you know big monsters in the ring and Rowan fits the bill. So I think that, you know, it was a good match. Uh, I always love seeing Dean Ambrose, of course. Um, but it was a good match, and it was good to see that specific pairing. Yeah. JT, you feel the same way? Um, I agree with everything you're saying there, Joey. I do have a question for you, though. Do you remember maybe a year, year and a half ago, when they split up uh, Rowan and Harper, and uh, Rowan had some singles matches, they made him look absolutely terrible in those matches. Yeah. Uh, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. It was the point where I think they felt like they had to put those guys back together, and then they brought Strowman into the picture. Um, so, I mean, do you see this guy as a mid-card guy at best, if he, if he reaches his potential, or do you see him as a upper-tier uh, wrestler? Well, I see Rowan as, unfortunately, uh, with short of a dramatic change in his character, I think he'll be a mid-card guy. If they, you know, maybe do something really creative or really cool with his character, he could be a top guy because, uh, or at least a main event contender, so to speak, because of the fact that he's that big and, I mean, that athletic. Now, going back to what you said, the you know, when he was a singles competitor, it's interesting because, in my opinion, the Wyatt family, every single one of them are cursed. Uh, and, I mean, just flat-out cursed in WWE. I feel like... WWE creative has bungled Bray Wyatt uh, very badly. I feel like they're doing the same with uh, Strowman now where he is, that guy is a player. That guy is somebody that you need to give a little more attention to than what you've been doing. And I mean, really the same for Rowan and Harper. They're two pretty talented guys for gentlemen of that size. And I think that, I mean, all four of them, in my opinion, uh, are cursed by WWE creative in the sense that they almost need each other to, to make it work or otherwise WWE is just going to, you know, I mean, completely mess up their creative and not, you know, advance their characters, not get further into them to help them get more over. Um, so, I mean, I honestly think, I, you know, Bray Wyatt is the only one that could potentially really challenge for the title at any time, the main title at any time, anytime soon. But I mean, none of them, you know, WWE likely isn't going to go in that direction. They're going to go with the new era. And, I mean, like I said, in my opinion, all four of them are cursed. It's, it's, almost, it's almost like the Harper, and I'm talking about only Harper and Rowan. I think they need yeah. to both be repackaged before yeah. you see any kind of successful run for either one of those guys. Absolutely. And you know what? I remember having this conversation with my friend a while back. 
about how, you know, when Kane was uh, Jerry Lawler's dentist, as Isaac Yankum, you know, not a lot of people probably could have seen that he would end up, you know, being completely repackaged into something that was, I mean, really cool. One of the more, uh, you know, just monster characters WWE ever created. I mean, in the history of the business, you know, when Kane first uh, arrived on the scene, and I mean, just a repackaging, a complete repackaging, you know, which ultimately saved Kane's career. And somehow he actually ha- still has one today. But um, I mean, yeah, they, they need exactly that. And he's the type of guy that you could go ahead and do that with because of what you said. He's got size. He's got moves. He's got agility. Yep. That is the guy that you go ahead and, you know, repackage into something that is just a beast. You can't because you can. This guy, this guy should be the hype. And uh, again, it's going to be interesting to see if and what they do with them. Uh, and, and, but we're talking about a creative right now that is giving you this. It's giving you matches that are completely one-sided. And if that's not enough, you know, first you go, all right, some of these, some of these matches are just redundant. How many times can you have a jobber match? Okay, how many times can you be having a match where you go, all right, well, I already know the outcome because there's no damn way that Ambrose is going to lose, say, okay, even though the other wrestler is credible. You know, but my point is this. You're talking about a creative right now who has come up with a character and the storyline for the wrestler is that she never wrestles. Right. Even Marie, the storyline is we have a wrestler that doesn't wrestle. That is, that's the storyline. We, how long did it take you to come up with that one? I, oh, you know what? Here, I've got a great one. Let's have a wrestler that doesn't wrestle. Doesn't take a bump. Doesn't have to do anything. Doesn't have to have a finishing move. Doesn't have to have absolutely nothing. And doesn't and even better now. Here's the best one. Okay, so we've come up with wardrobe changes and this, that, the other. Now she doesn't even have to show up. We could have made up a name and just kept saying, "Oh yeah, well she was supposed to show up today and never did." I mean, we really could have gone that right right from the beginning. I don't know. She keeps saying she's coming. All right. Well, we'll see if she's here next week. I mean, really, that's what we're going to next. That's the creative that we're dealing with right now. You know. The thing that I did like, uh, I don't know, I, but I also like a lot of men in the ring at, at a time, seeing the action like that. Uh, Joey, how do you like a, the, like the 12-team, uh, the 12-man tag team match? Do you like big matches like that? Is that something that you enjoy? Uh, I do. You know, it was, as I mentioned in my article on FantasyJesterSports.com, that, you know, it was good for WWE creatives to do this with SmackDown Live because... You know, obviously, uh, Monday Night Raw has the Tag Team Championships. And as they keep alluding to, SmackDown Live will have some uh, soon as well. Now, in order to do that, though, I mean, SmackDown Live to this point has two credible tag teams that could potentially hold the belts. And in my opinion, that's American Alpha and the Usos. Now, outside of those two teams, though, you know, you're talking about the Vaudevillains, Brizango you know, and the other teams that were involved in that match, okay, that aren't going to be holding the belts anytime soon. And WWE really, you know, I mean, they're lower card tag teams. They aren't, you know, Enzo and Cass. They aren't, you know, anything like that. So, you know, WWE is obviously trying to build American Alpha. It's my prediction that they will be the first tag team champions for SmackDown Live. Um, but uh, again, a good on WWE though, for, you know, featuring these teams in that match, letting that, letting them boys get the time that they need and, you know, and helping them to build that SmackDown live tag team division. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, let me ask you something, JT, uh, anything before we go ahead, we have to pay more bills. And before we go into commercial, you have anything else uh, about SmackDown that you wanted to get out there? Yeah, one quick thought for both of you guys. So we're about a month out from the draft, from the WWE-branded uh, draft. We've yet to see any trades. We've yet to see any big free agent signings. The things that we saw, 
you know, a decade ago when they did the brand split. Uh, you know, do you either one of you foresee some of these guys being shifted as trades uh, back and forth to kind of fill deficiencies? And now we see suspensions because let's be honest, SmackDown roster wasn't overly strong at the top to begin with. And now you take Del Rio off that for the next month, you know, they may need to start plugging some holes. So I'm just curious what you guys think. It's going to be interesting to see what they do to plug the holes, but I think what's going to happen, and I could be wrong about this, and we'll get to the break in a minute. We'll we'll take care of our sponsors. Uh, you know, one of the things, it's a great point you bring up, JT, is how they're going to fill the holes with all these things going on. Um, one, probably a call up from NXT. Okay, that, that they're going to call up at least one person that. You know, they weren't expecting. And my guess is, as we look at this NXT match coming up this weekend, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Nakamura win so that they call Samoa Joe up so that he can go ahead and get, you know, get on up to where he should be. That's first. Second, right behind it, you might see a little bit more of the the, uh, cross-pollination, if you will, between the brands, uh, simply because... Let's be honest, okay? In my opinion, it's not working. The brand split is not working, and here's why. You First of all, you do it supposedly for ratings. The ratings haven't changed from what they were for the past, you know, several months. Second, right behind it, you're creating a mess. You, you, you're not creating great storylines. You your, your great storylines right now is a wrestler that doesn't wrestle. Okay, or wrestlers that are fa- that are wrestling jobbers. I mean, so you, I, I just think that you're going to go back. I don't think this brand split's going to last for very long. I give it six months at the most before the, before you see just complete back and forth wrestling because they don't have enough talent to do this uh, brand split properly. Um. But, yeah, I, I can see uh, probably Samoa Joe losing this week to uh, Nakamura. Nakamura is coming up uh, rather fast and, and doing well and, and quite popular. So I can see Nakamura taking the strap so that Jam- uh, Samoa Joe can move on. And, Joey, what do you, what's your opinion on that? You're, you're, you're a big NXT guy, so you tell me. Well, it's funny. Uh, I think it was just today or yesterday, although I did see it today, uh, a report that had come out that Samoa Joe, he was interviewed. I think it's actually, it's actually on Forbes.com. Uh, uh, Samoa Joe was interviewed uh, essentially calling out Brock Lesnar, saying that he hopes Brock Lesnar wins at SummerSlam. Uh, he expects him to win and that he hopes that he does not lose until Samoa Joe can get his hands on him. Um and just going further into that, I also believe uh, it's Nakamura's time. Uh, he is the biggest star in NXT, in my opinion, right now. Uh, I think he absolutely wins the title uh, this Saturday um, in Brooklyn. And, uh, again, like you said, Samoa Joe will get the call up to WWE very, very soon. Uh, maybe even the night after or, the, you know, the night after uh, SummerSlam either on Raw or on SmackDown, but we'll be seeing Samoa Joe in the WWE soon. Another thing to fill those holes you were mentioning before is WWE's continued partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, as you notice, Uh when they introduce AJ Styles or uh, the club, they mention that those gentlemen have held belts in IWGP, uh, or International Wrestling Grand Prix, the governing body of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So with that said, uh, there have been guys that now they had signed – uh, a couple new uh, wrestlers from New Japan Pro, but that their contract, or, or I'm sorry, their partnership with them uh, is, you know, has been getting better and is extended for the next couple of years. WWE is also renting out some wrestlers to them as well. Uh, but WWE has certainly has uh, a few ways to go to fill out those spots, including, you know, bringing back some, some old talent, uh, which they continue to do, as we'll see with Shelton Benjamin and a host of other guys that are coming back. So um, looking forward, uh, going back to NXT, though, I look forward to that uh, Samoa Joe Nakamura match. Uh, These two gentlemen have had a five-star match uh, as they've wrestled before, and I look forward to them putting on a great match this Saturday uh, at NXT in Brooklyn. 
Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And, you know, JT, I'm going to get to that uh, commercial break real quick, but also one of the names that I've heard being thrown out there uh, this Sunday uh, that's supposed to be at SummerSlam, and I don't know to what capacity, is that I'm hearing Goldberg is going to be Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing. So, uh, now that that's not on my own. So please don't hold me to that. That's not one of my own little scoops. That's from somebody else, and uh, we'll find out if that's true. But uh, there's your answer on that question. That was a great question, JT. And now we've got to go ahead and pay some bills. Hi, folks. Fantasy Jester here to talk about BreadFromYourBed.com, and I am with Ethan, the son of the owner, Joey, from BreadFromYourBed.com. Say hello, Ethan. Hello. And how old are you? Four. Okay, Ethan, thanks. Uh, We'll get back to you in one minute. And here's a little bit about BreadFromYourBed.com. They're both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for your businesses. If you need more traffic for your website, if you need social media management or marketing, if you need a website built, or if you just want to make some extra money online, these are the guys to do it. They have worked and provided results for clients ranging from small to big, and will show you some of those results, including the statistics and the numbers, I highly encourage you to check them out if you're looking for help for your business to grow or you're looking to learn how to make some extra money from home. Ethan, where should people go if they're looking for a website? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking for social media management? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking to make some extra money? Bedfromthebed.com and where should people go to get help starting a business? Bedfromyourbed.com. All right. And if uh, they want to work from home, where should people go? Um, Bedfromyourbed.com. All right, Ethan. One more time, let me ask you. If they want to spend more time with their kids, where should parents go? Um, Bedfromyourbed.com. That's right, folks. BreadFromYourBed.com. I absolutely love that commercial, and I absolutely love little Ethan. He is adorable. He does a fantastic, fantastic job on that. For a four-year-old little boy, he did that commercial one take. Absolutely loved it. But now what we're going to do is I want to bring everybody back in, and I want to ask JT and good old Joey Cage here onto the show. Guys, before we get to SummerSlam, I wanted to ask uh, JT, what was your thought on that? You know, Joey Cage and I both said that uh, with the uh, Samoa Joe Nakamura match, what we felt. Where were you going to go with that? What do you believe is going to happen? I agree with uh, with both of you completely. I've noticed uh, a lot more... um articles, interviews, uh, you know, things like that with Samoa Joe lately, why he wanted to keep the name when he left TNA, uh, more stuff about him, him making comments, as you guys pointed out, about Brock Lesnar, you know, things of that nature. He just seems to be in the news uh, quite a bit more, and I agree, Nakamura is ready to take over the mantle uh, in NXT, so that makes perfect sense to me. You bring a guy up like that, let's just say to SmackDown, for example, um, to me, you got a guy that was a champ in TNA, a champ in NXT, so he's a legitimate guy to put in that championship mix on SmackDown, which is sorely what they need right now. So it makes a lot of sense. Now, and then the other one, this, uh, the ladies' uh, championship, Asuka versus Bailey, uh, Bailey's uh, chance to get the belt back. Uh, we'll start with JT. What do you think about that? What do you think is going to happen? You think Bailey gets her belt back, or you know, where, where does that whole scenario go? Well, Asuka, I mean, she's been absolutely dominant when you look at what she's got going on. I think Bailey is going to be up very soon, uh, very soon. There's a cry out for her. You know, we've talked her. She wasn't drafted because she needs more refinement, if you will, 
Um, but I think she'll be up there. So I think uh, Asuka and Nakamura are your title holders uh, after the next mat, after the next pay per view. Interesting. Uh, and then possibly uh, maybe with Bailey and Joe coming up. Is that what you're thinking? I think so. Okay. All right. Folks, we're going to go ahead now, and real quick, we want to make our way around the room. We've got 10 minutes left, and talk about this year's SummerSlam. Absolutely phenomenal show. I actually, for all that's going on, and this is what lends to the idea that, you know, they're, they're just short on some on some wrestlers or short on some creative because they really could come up with some great matches, and there are. I mean... If you we'll start real quick at the bottom, what's considered the bottom of the card, okay? Uh, Cesaro versus Sheamus. Uh, now, personally, I, I don't see Cesaro losing to Sheamus, but uh, Joey, what are you taking in that match? Well, unless Cesaro has uh, pissed off Vince McMahon yet again, I don't see him losing in that match either. Uh, there's no way. You can just bury this guy by having him lose to Sheamus. Uh, so Cesaro all the way. Interesting, interesting. And uh, J- JT, you believe the same well, as yeah, uh, Joey and I? I hope for the same thing. I mean, this is a best of seven match series. You know they're gonna they're gonna stretch this out for as long as they can because they. I think WWE sees it as a space filler at this point. Um, you know, just a quick thought on this card. Looking at it. It almost reminds me how WWE was in the you know 2006 to 2008 where the shows were watered down, but then you look at the pay-per-view card and you're like, wow, okay, yeah, this is a nice this is a nice looking card. So you know, it kind of makes me wonder if we're going back to that again. But I think Cesaro ends up winning this four-two overall. Well, uh, very interesting. Yeah, that, I I could see something along those lines. Four-two uh, sounds about right. The, and that is a spot-on call about what's going on because, yeah, this is a fantastic card. I mean, this is a, a great, great SummerSlam. And, the, you know, we'll just see where it goes because, you know, we're looking at the Intercontinental Champion, The Miz, versus Apollo Crews. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think The Miz wins. I think this is, I think this is Crews' time to... Uh, get a strap, and uh, I I really believe that it's uh, if you notice whether it's intentional or unintentional, it just seems like they've added a little bit more uh, color, shall we say, to the show. The African American push on WWE has been uh, a little bit more noticeable, and I'm wondering if it doesn't stem from you know. Vince wasn't too crazy about the whole N-word thing out of Hulk. And uh, it seems like they've given a little bit of a push. And I'm wondering, you know, they really haven't done much. If you ask me, Miz isn't very, the most interesting guy. I mean, how many times can you talk about Hollywood? And that's about it. Uh, I don't think, is anybody, Joey Cage, are you impressed with his wrestling skills? Uh, I've never been a fan of The Miz. I thought he was very overrated since day one. And um, uh, just, you know, going quick on for the predictions, I, you know, I, want, I don't think that WWE is going to uh, change the titles too, uh, too much on the card as it is. Um, and I'll get into that more with the other matches. But I'm going to go with this one being the one that does change. And I'm going to go with Apollo Crews as well in the upset. Okay, JT, where are you going with it? We're going to keep track of all this. I'm writing them down as we're going. Well, I mean, you look at this, Apollo Crews, physique, check. Ability, check. Athleticism, check. Mike skills, crickets. Uh, I just, I don't see him being ready to be in that prominent position yet. I think The Miz retains this title for another pay-per-view. I think it'd be SmackDown only pay-per-views when you see that title change. Wow. Okay. All right. Moving on. Moving right along. Enzo Amore, Big Cass versus Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens. JT, you go first on this one. Uh, easy. Momentum on Enzo and Cass at this point is through the roof. Uh, you don't sign me with a loss to Where did you go? Point. And, you're, okay. 
You sound like you're in a tunnel. <laughs> Did you move? Maybe Did I you am. Change? There, there you no? go. Better. So, as I was saying, Enzo and yeah. Cass momentum through the roof. I don't see them messing with that in any way, shape, or form, no matter who they're going against. Owens and Jericho can take a bump here, Enzo and Cass for the win. Couldn't agree more with what JT said. Owens and Jericho can afford the loss. Enzo and Cass are only going up. Sold. Make that a a three spot on that one. Tag team champions, the New Day versus Gallows and Anderson. Joey Cage, you start out. Uh, after holding the belts for over a year, going over a legendary tag team in under in a few minutes, I think that at SummerSlam, the second biggest event of the year, we finally see the New Day fall and uh, Gallows and Anderson win the tag belts. Uh, I second that. Gallows and Anderson. JT. Uh, Big E starts his singles career here shortly. New Day drops the title this Sunday. Got it. Sweep on that one. WWE Women's Champion Sasha Banks versus Charlotte. Joey, you're first on this one. Sasha Banks, absolutely. Yeah, too quick to take the title off of her. She just got it. They're not going to take it from her that quick. JT? That's three. I'm agreeing with it. Three. U.S. Champion Rusev versus Roman Reigns. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Reigns. I think he's off the schneid. I think they give him a strap. Joey, you're shaking your head. You go first, then. Guys, go next. Uh, I don't think he's off the schneid yet. I think he's going to be furthering his punishment is to help put over who WWE has been trying to build as a monster for a long time. Uh, I think they use Reigns to help put over uh, Rusev. JT? Rusev. Ooh, I'm alone on that Roman Reigns train, huh? Okay. Cena versus Styles. Uh, JT, go ahead. Styles has had some uh, high-profile losses at pay-per-views. Um, I think this is another one. I think the face that runs the place will end up winning this. All righty. I have, I'm going to disagree, much like uh, the idea that Gallows and Anderson will win. I see a whole thing for the Bullet Club or the former Bullet Club. AJ Styles, Joey. Uh, well, if we're going in terms of you know who can afford the loss, John Cena can afford the loss. And if WWE wants to do the right thing from a creative standpoint and wants to do right by AJ Styles, John, John Cena will put over AJ Styles <laughs> at SummerSlam to, to legitimize him as a top star in the company. Okay. Did you Joey say Cage. WWE creative and keep a straight face? <laughs> I did not keep a straight face. And I don't have confidence that they'll do the right thing, but they, I mean, it is the absolute right move for AJ Styles to win this Sunday. I agree completely, which is why they won't do it. (laughs) Ambrose, Ziggler, Joey Cage. This is the one match where I really think WWE could maybe pull a swerve, uh, but I'm going to have to go with Ambrose. He's not done yet. Ambrose, no doubt. JT. Dean all the way we got a minute 20 left. We're getting really fast here. Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, JT. Uh, Randy Orton's going to end up winning this. They need, a, they need another big beast on uh, SmackDown. I believe Randy Orton will win. They need the more full-time player to win this one. Joey? I'm going to go against the green, and I'm going to say Brock absolutely continues to be the beast. One minute left. Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. Joey Cage. There is no way Finn Balor is winning the title this early. Seth Rollins wins the WWE Universal Championship. JT. Oh, Finn Balor wins this. It's not even a question. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, you'll have to listen to my prediction on this match this Saturday night. Fantasy Justice Show, 8 p.m. That's my call on that match. It is going to be a huge match, and I have a surprise prediction for this match and the outcome. You're not going to want to miss. This has been the Fantasy Jester. It's been Joey Cage. It's been JT. This has been FXE Live. Thank you, everyone, for joining us.
Join us next week as we check out what the heck happened in wrestling. One shot. I am a fantasy opportunity. I'm out. Seize everything you ever wanted. One moment. Did you capture? Just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous.